today on It's Time. No room in the inn, no room, unfortunately, in almost every aspect of our society. But that doesn't stop Jesus from making room in your heart. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Pray today that you have a relationship with your Father in heaven where you, as Jesus said when the disciples came and said, teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. Not some unknowable God. Not some God that I must do a lot of hoop jumping through. You know, I have kids and when I, I don't expect them to do anything other than to come to me, sit on my lap, what's troubling you? You see, that's what a relationship is. Religion removes relationships. Religion says, oh, you got to do certain... Go burn so many incense sticks. Go wear so many suit and ties. Go show your, your, yourself to the priest. Go, go punch your time card and show God that, yes, I sat in that miserable church every Sunday for 25 years, and look, here's my card. I, this is my get-into-heaven-free card. Doesn't that count for something, God? That church was terrible. I I, I fell asleep every Sunday. That's not not relationship with God. That's religion. That's why the Pharisees hated him. That's why they had no room for him. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves. All those people wanted was to know God. All they wanted to do was have a relationship with God. And they were merchandising. Well, we can't take your heathen, slimy denarius. You have to convert it into the pure Hebrew shekel. And of course, for just a minimal fee, we'll do that for you. And then you can give your clean money to God. Well, your sacrifices are not good enough. Oh, those are ugly. Look, look at ours over here. These are a lot better. And they were buying and selling in the table. And Jesus, we don't find outbursts of wrath with Jesus often in the Bible. But we do there. It said he made a coat of nine tails. And he went into the temple. Now, this is hard for us to understand because we always picture Jesus as the one holding the lambs and smiling. He goes in, kicks the table of the money changers over has a coat of nine tails, a whip. And he's whipping these merchandisers out of the temple. And the Bible says once they were removed, the people came and they were taught by him. Well, the angels appearing to the shepherds 
You see, the whole religious system had corrupted everything. And now you have angels saying, hey, this is going to be for everybody. For is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, that's not so unusual. But this is laying in a manger. You see, he was touchable. Jesus was born in a place that would intimidate no one, and yet no one oftentimes will listen to him because of his message is simple. What is it about human nature that says, I did it. Look what I did. It's about me. Well, imagine God doing something for you you could never do for yourself. You know, the Bible says even the faith you have is the faith that God has given you. You might be here listening somewhere around the world today, and you might say, well, I'd like to believe in God, but I don't have the faith. I think that's an honest statement. So how about this? God, would you please give me the faith that I need to believe in you? You know, we have a Father in heaven. This time of the year, we give gifts one to another Hopefully we give them something that they haven't already went out and bought that they can actually use that they're not going to take back on the 26th of December. God has good gifts for you and for me. Gifts that you can't get at the mall. What does God give you? Well, the first thing he'll give you is faith. Faith to believe. Ask him for it. Ask him, God, Give me a better faith that I understand how this big picture of all of life works. He's got the information for you. He wants you to know. The Bible says he's got the gift of eternal life. Never have to worry about dying ever again. I think that's great. Never have to worry about, have I been good enough? You you talk to people in religion. Oh, that's a good one. You ask people in religion, hey, if you died today, would you go to heaven? They say, well, I've done the best I can. I go, well, you're in trouble then. What do you mean? Well, what if you're not good enough? And when you get there, you find out you're short. It's too late to do anything about it. See, there's no assurance of salvation there. But God gives us that. Why? God gave me the faith to believe in him so I, you, could, we could all go to heaven together and spend it with him. I like that. That is what a dad does. A dad provides for their children what they do not have. A gift that they can't buy with money. A gift that they can't buy in the mall. A gift that comes only from him. Faith to believe in him. And then the Bible says he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that about? to empower you to be about his business. I like that. So in other words, he gives me the faith to believe in him. Then he gives me eternal life and then gives me power to be about my daddy's business. That's what a dad does. That's what religion never does. See the difference? 
So when you realize what God wants to do in your life, it's all him. Now, here's what's really weird on Judgment Day. And you've heard in school new math, you know, two and two is seven, you know, kind of thing. Well, here's God's weird math. God does this for us, empowers us. We're about our father's business. But then here's what the weird thing is. On Judgment Day, he rewards us for doing what he empowered us to do in the first place. I even like that even better. So we're about our father's business. Then on Judgment Day, he rewards us as if we're the ones that did it. But it was really him and us doing it. I like that. You see, I like going and being with somebody that can do something that I could never do. You ever been around those brainiacs? We got a few of them here at CSN. You got a problem with a radio or, you know, it's got, you turn the radio on and, uh, why is it doing that? They go, oh, well, you need a new filter capacitor with your diodes. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You, they know. They know how to fix things. And it impresses me. I go, wow, they know how to fix. Well, imagine God knowing how to fix anything and everything in your life. You know, many people's God is too small. Notice what it says here. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. By the way, it doesn't say they were singing. It says they were saying, just a note. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when they had gone away into heaven that the shepherds, said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. By the way, he didn't go to Herod. The angels didn't go to Herod. They didn't go to Caesar Augustus. They went to really the low lives of society, the shepherds. In fact, shepherds at the time of King David were very, very uh, honored and they were very cute and they were very... But by the time this time of, of life was in the Roman Empire, these were considered your unskilled people. And there were people that lived out in the wilderness and they would come into town. And generally speaking, many of them thought that they were thieves. Because being they lived on the backside of the wilderness, hey, when everything's locked, it ain't locked and no one's around, a lot of stuff disappeared when the shepherds came to town. Well, here the shepherds come into town with a message. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known, saying, which was told to them concerning the child. Oh, this is interesting. You have shepherds going through the street at night. Remember it was at night. And they are going through the city yelling, Joshua's born! Joshua's born! I can just see people going, what in the world is going on? Oh, it's the crazy shepherds have come to town again. They're going through and they're proclaiming that Jesus had been born. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Evidently, these guys were probably the first Christian evangelists in the Bible. 
going through the streets of Bethlehem, telling everybody that Jesus was born, okay? Now, verse 19 is interesting. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in the heart, in her heart. I can just hear her going, what? What is all this? And so it says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things which they had heard and seen as it was told them. And I believe, friends, that's exactly what God will do for you. It'll be just as God told you. You see, one life soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. No room in the inn, no room, unfortunately, in almost every aspect of our society. But that doesn't stop Jesus from making room in your heart. And that's what I like. I like how God transcends the miles, transcends the cultures, transcends the political attitudes of our, of our world, and there's room for him in you. And you say, well, I don't really understand how believing in Christ can change the way I look at life. I think there's a lot of things that are like that in life. Not, of course, to the magnitude of Jesus, but, you know, when you first get in your car and you start it up and you're driving down the road and the red oil light comes on, you go, oh, red lights, it's Christmas. No, there's something going on under the hood that's not good. You're out of oil. And pretty soon you hear knockings and you hear all of a sudden an explosion and you're parked alongside the road. Then somebody comes to you and says, by the way, didn't you see the red light go on? Yeah. Why didn't you stop the car? Didn't know I was supposed to. You know now. Yeah. Isn't it funny when somebody tells you something, how it changes the whole nature of the way you look at something? Well, God does the same thing concerning life. Friends, there's a lot of red oil lights on in our lives. And Jesus in his love will come by and say, this light is on. This is a warning. We need to do something about this. And God in his love, because you've allowed him to come into your life, God says, let's fix this right now. Now, really, sometimes it's a minor fix. Sometimes... It's a major fix. Sometimes the course we're on is bad. I remember that years ago, a friend of mine got saved, and he was a drug dealer. He used to come to church loaded and sit in the back of the church. He's now a pastor up in the Boise area. And he used to sit in the back of the church giggling while I would teach. And initially, I, I, I kind of got upset with that. Because he was kind of high and kind of goofy. But he said, I used to hear God talk through your word and through the Bible. And that, I, I thought that was so weird. And he accepted the Lord. And I remember one night we went out to dinner after church. And he was sitting behind me as we sometimes would do. And he said, you know, he says, I dealt drugs and I got saved and I stopped dealing drugs. That was a major red light. 
He said, then I, was, I went and got baptized, and during the baptism, my contacts washed out, and then I was blind. So first, when I didn't sell drugs anymore, I was broke, and then when my contacts were washed out, I was blind. So then I was blind and broke. But then God changed everything. He got a job with the city. He got glasses. He got a wife. And he's a pastor of a church. And I think, wow, God, that is so amazing how you do that. It's really funny, too, because he had really kind of rough street language, as most drug dealers do. Oh, wow, do I'm in the valley of no flow. Many had no money. So who does he marry in our church? The only English teacher in high school we had. I go, God, you had a sense of humor here. See, God knows what you need, the Bible says, before you ask. God knows the red lights that are on and the ones that are going to come on. And if you do not have God to help you navigate through the red lights of life, you will blow up. You see, no room for Jesus in your life is the worst thing you can do. Because it's only through him do we get. Now you say, Mike, how does God then talk to us? This sounds good. I mean, this sounds great. I can actually pray, ask God to come in my life, and now God will begin to speak to me concerning the issues of my life, the red lights. But also God has green lights too. How is that going to work? First of all, God speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. That's why it's important to know the Bible. That's why we went through about a half a chapter this morning. The second thing God does is invisible Holy Spirit speaks to us in our conscience. See, uh, the Bible says sin seared that relationship with God and it's been broken and now God wants to reestablish that. And when Jesus takes away the sin, the phone lines are fixed and we can hear God again. Oh, and you know, it's really weird. It isn't that I have to stop doing things. It's that God shows us why what we're doing is stupid and we want to stop doing those things changes our whole motive in life. My question this morning, do you have room for Jesus? You see, that's what makes the difference. Don't be like the innkeeper. I'm sure if the innkeeper knew who was really going to be born that night, he would have probably made room somehow. But that's the problem. A lot of people don't know and they don't provide room for him. They don't know all the wonderful things God will do if they simply will let him do that. It's interesting in the book of Revelation. Jesus is addressing the churches. And to one he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, sup with him and he with me. I'll have dinner with him. Well, what's that mean? Well, it simply means this. God is on the outside knocking to get in. Who did he say that to? Did he say it to a bunch of whirly partiers? No. Interestingly enough, he said it to a church. A group of Christians that in all the things that they were doing, they had left Jesus on the outside and no longer was Jesus the focal point of why they were coming together. It was a bunch of other stuff. 
And Jesus said, I'm knocking, trying to get in. So first, to Christians. Make room for Jesus in this new year. Make room for Jesus in this new year. The second thing you want to do, in that when we have a relationship with God, listen to the voice of your dad. He loves you. If you're not a Christian, then you are in the No Room for Jesus Club. And you will find your life empty, meaningless, and I know that. Because I've lived long enough to know and watch and observe people. Have you ever been around people as they get older? You just get more of what you are. Have you ever been around people that are bitter and cynical and nasty? And when you go into an old folks home sometimes, you'll find these people and you wonder, how in the world did you ever get like this? The path they were on was the wrong road. There's another way to go. No room in the inn? Or would you say, God, there's room for me in you and you in me? This morning, if you've never prayed and asked Christ in your life, we're going to pray and you can ask God to come in your life and change you. You can no longer keep saying, no, there's no room, no room, no room. Do you want another 10 years like you just had? Another 20 years like you just had? Maybe it's time you really say, okay, God, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm tired of ignoring the red lights in my life that turn into be a major problem that I'm living with right now. God, from this day forward, I accept you as Savior. Come and take over. That's what really being born again is. And people make a decision in their life, even long before they even pray on a Sunday morning here. They're, they're, you in the chair, you're probably saying, yeah, I've done that, or boy, I need to do that, or yes, I want that right now. I, I, I think that's what happened when Peter was preaching to the Gentiles in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. I think they had already believed, and I can just see them nodding their head to what Peter was saying, and the Holy Spirit blasted them. <laughs> that's what we need. We need a fresh blast of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Father, for every person listening in this room, on the internet, and around the world, we ask you, God, that your Holy Spirit would come now in a way, and for every person that needs to get right with you, yes, on this Christmas Eve, Eve, that they would pray this and mean it from their heart. Father, I come to you, And I ask you from this day forward to come into my life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Talk to me. Speak to me. When I read your word, speak to me. Lord, that I'll have that relationship with you as your word says, a father to a child. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be about your business. Help me to hear your voice. And thank you for eternal life. I never have to be scared of dying ever again. The greatest gift of all, the gift of life that comes only from you, and from Jesus Christ. And so 
I commit my life into your hands now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.